This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I have a big load. <laughs> My name's Keith. And I'm the sexiest napkin that ever walked down the runway on RuPaul's Drag Race. James! <laughs> George's James. Welcome <laughs> to Sissy That Pod. We are discussing RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 today. And joining us to discuss the blustering Daytona wind is host of the podcast, Not Past It, Simone Apollano. We had a great chat about one of the most psychotic but brilliant episodes <laughs> in Drag Race history. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, we sort of said it in the in, in the episode, but this, for me, this season was, you know, to use bussy queen lingo, was warming up. And I think this, for me, was the, uh, the week it moved into hot territory. Um, and it's sort of like, we finally got what feels like the iconic moment that the season will be remembered for. Uh, yeah, very good performances all around. Not so sure on the flatulence, but mm. look... Who yeah. are we to judge? If you love the show, you can support it over at headstuffpodcast.com. For five euro a month, you'll get premium access to all of the bonus feed, which will be kicking off again uh, when we finish UK vs. The World. Spain will be launched. I'm sure there'll be a plethora of international franchises that we'll be covering over in the workroom or in our bonus feed. So if you want to get ahead of the trend, head over there, five euro a month, and we'll be grateful for you. Yeah, I'm very support. grateful. Ex- exceptionally grateful. Yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but for now, we're going to have a listen to one of our sister podcasts on the network. This is for people who love to spill a bit of tea by the fireside. This is a fireside pod. If your Sassy. pussy's not on fire, then <laughs> you're fireside. <laughs> <laughs> Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week you'll hear tales of mythic Irish gods, Arthurian knights or Norse Vikings. There is folklore from Ireland and around the world, and even historical legends like Brian Baru and Gráinne Whale. Whether from poetry or prose, lyric or legend, if there is a good story at the heart of it, You'll find it here. I'm Kevin C. Olahan. I'm your host and fireside bard. With over 150 episodes and rising, there has never been a better time to join us by the fireside. Simone Polanin, host of Not Past It. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Sissy That Pod, discussing season 14. Before we get into this week's episode, how are you finding it so far? Oh man, I've really been enjoying this season. I, I really like this cast. They're really fun to watch. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this episode. I have probably watched every season, <laughs> except for maybe the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't... I didn't watch them necessarily like as they were coming out. I think I actually I I found Drag Race rather late. I actually think I don't think I started watching Drag Race until the pandemic actually or like shortly before um and then just binged uh like every possible episode I could find and here we are. So many people that like found Drag Race or came to it during the pandemic at a point where we were at our lowest, it offered yeah. just so much color and light and, and positivity to the world. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I think as well, my my feelings on this season have actually changed as of today's episode because I felt like it's a really strong cast. I was really enjoying it. I felt the loss of cornbread a lot. And I think yeah. that it was this episode, it felt like it found its feet again because um, it was like a, a season of great, great, queens with interesting challenges but there was something not quite there whereas I think today we got something that felt like kind of iconic that's going to give it to, to sort of its own flavor in the kind of grand scheme of of, of drag race seasons past mm, totally so totally because yeah. i was kind of feeling that there was like this top tier of queens angeria willow cornbread bosco and then everyone else was sort of floundering in in the mediocrity but i actually think this week a lot of them really pulled through like i think lady camden has a, a really memorable moment coming out now jasmine really had her moment in untucked which i think is one of the most personal moments in untucked and even i don't know diabetes getting her top placing i just kind of feel like now i'm starting to actually take them serious as contenders so yeah i i do agree i think it was a good it was a good episode so let's jump right into the start of it where we have 
Jasmine, ever gracious in victory in the lip sync, and Diabetti, ever gracious in defeat for not being in the top. We start off with a lot of bitterness in this episode. How did those reactions read to you, Simone? Oh, man. You know, I feel like I I come to, th- I think I like come to this maybe with a bit of a generous eye because I'm like, they are quite young and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're on TV. They're in a stressful situation. Um, maybe not the most like graceful response <laughs> to the situation <laughs> they're in, but like, whatever, I'll give it to them. Like, it's entertaining to watch. Daya seems to know more. Well, maybe they both know, like they... It's just never a good luck to complain for being safe all the time. Like, you know, this is just a springboard for your career. If you don't get in the top, that's fine. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. Hopefully that'll put it all to bed now. She got into the top. <laughs> we don't need to worry about it. I, I, I do think, though, like, Daya is very much representing the the attitude of the entire world as regards George's win last week. Like, George's oh, is yeah. beautiful, perfect, a- astonishingly gorgeous, but, like, she did not deserve to win last week. So kind of seeing someone reflecting the the actual reaction to, to that was interesting in the show. Uh, like it wasn't elegant, like handled very elegantly and she could certainly have been a bit nicer about it. But um, I kind of did think it was interesting to see kind of almost like someone who's like in the game, kind of like putting your hand up and being like, this feels fraudulent. This does not feel right. And for it to be very much like, no, actually people agree with you it doesn't feel right that George just won the last challenge mm-hmm. yeah yeah I will say like the whole like safe queen storyline or production trick or whatever like it does get very old and like it is very transparent and it is just like I don't know I'm like just reward the queen for work well done because the outfit she made was so good like mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just like yeah I so I understand the frustration too you know what yeah, I mean yeah yeah and, and I know that the RuPaul doesn't really lean on it anymore but like this when in the first few series it used to be you guys are like only safe you need to work harder and it was like you know I always thought that was a really frustrating attitude to have like, <laughs> yeah. it's impractical to expect someone to be winning every week because there's like 14 other people there that you have to compete against so yeah at least they've eased off it a bit uh after the sort of follow up of the previous week we're back in the workroom again willow is wearing this gorge mustard jumper with holes in it that i was very envious of and rue comes out and gets georges to assign the roles to the musical or the acting challenge daytona wind um because there's no mini challenge and they're just not bothering this year and i know we spoke about last week but like at least this time they 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 just didn't even bother they're just like georges you won last week choose the role see you later i'm out Yeah, I kind of miss the mini challenges. I don't know. I know. It's like, you know, a little spice in the season, a little mm-hmm. variety. Especially when it's like an acting challenge and you don't really need to see the run through too much. Like you, you kind of don't want to root it too much for yourself. So they could have clawed themselves some back, back some time if they wanted to do, you know, some quick drag or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think that w- when you're going to see, like essentially you see the same amount of time of them preparing for then recording. And then again, like you're seeing it kind of like shown back to you in the actual acting challenge, like a bit of a, you know, a, a small, like a stupid little mini challenge for like, they had to like tie something around their waist and like knock a ball around like they did on season five or like <laughs> yeah. they all had to like dance in, in, a, in with a loaf of bread or whatever. Like that, that's what we want to see, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a yeah, nice little yeah. palate cleanser <laughs> or even like a photo challenge with like an industrial fan you know tie it in with the wind you know in the episode like that oh, could have that could have been fun you know mm-hmm. so, and i don't really want to talk about the one too much because i kind of just want to get to the actual not supposed to the challenge where you <laughs> when i saw the final product i honestly thought that this is the most degrading thing i've ever seen on television <laughs> to just have them stand there and watch them have all the power been taken away from them like just pull like they've made them retrospectively say all these stupid things and made them look stupid while the people who do it just sit there and laugh at them honestly I, I, I was trying to get a read on them to go who's actually enjoying this and who is actually livid I couldn't tell it does feel like 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 a RuPaul like evil mastermind moment. Like there is there even is the moment where she's like, 
like the video is starting to play and she's like looking over at the queens to be like, <laughs> when is this all going to click for them? And it does it does feel like a lot of the queens were very much like, I'm aware there's a camera on me, so I need to laugh in this moment. <laughs> but like, I'm not convinced that they were like enjoying themselves necessarily. Yeah. No, I, I fully think that the best acting challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race ever was the queens lined up on that stage, like not like falling <laughs> apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, That's the Emmy moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not gonna stand here and no, I'm sitting. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm too good for a fart joke, because I'm absolutely not. But like <laughs> after every line yeah. Really? Yeah. No, also, like, I mean, it just, this does annoy me because, like, Drag Race is so sort of hit and miss and, like, sort of scattergun with the way it, like, approaches certain things. And they've they've been very kind of, like, judgmental of the kind of, like, scat and fart humor in the past. And I'm like, you know, like, you literally sent Rock and Soccer a home because of a fart joke. And now you're kind of, like, making this, like, you know, farty TV party, like... <laughs> You are so right, actually. Wait, this is like a greater injustice than I initially thought. <laughs> wow. Because do you know what the source material was it supposed to be Dynasty? The the show? Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was a little dynasty, a little just like day yeah, daytime soap opera. Which like I thought as uh like genre was perfect for drag race mm-hmm. right because like it lends itself to the overacting and whatever um and yeah i don't know i th- you said you are not too good for a fart joke i think i am at this point in my life i think i'm i think i actually maybe am past that and like yeah you know it's interesting to so, i i, I was wondering if and I, I don't know whether this is like something that was just invented for friends or whether it's a real thing but i remember an episode of friends where joey got cast on that soap he was on and he was talking about being taught by one of the like great acting legends of the soap world about the smell the fart acting about kind of like how your reactions needed to like look as if you just like had a really a nose full of something really unpleasant and i was like i was wondering like is that kind of the leap that was made here? Like, was that where they well, they came from? <laughs> I, I wonder. I, yeah, but I, I like I I did like I, initially. I was, it, it, it just was so much of it though. Like that's the thing. Like, it kind of like it went. They like they were really like we're sticking with this. We know eventually, eventually you'll start laughing because it is consistent and ridiculous, and eventually <laughs> you won't be able to stop yourself from laughing. <laughs> Yeah, consistency is always hilarious, as we know. <laughs> if at first nobody laughs at your joke, just tell it again. And yeah. again, and again, and again. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, I guess there was an element of it which was like, you know, you hear these lines like, I'm all full or whatever the words were, and then, they, ha- you know, it takes on a different perspective with the fart behind it. But what kind of annoyed me was... This actually seemed to be gearing up to be a really good acting challenge. There was a lot of queens who acted really well and it seemed to, you know, actually be reasonably well written. And then I found myself not being able to enjoy it because I just was like kind of pissed off by all the farts. The wind was taken out of my sails, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, this is just so clearly like RuPaul's world and we're just living in it. You know, yeah. like she's just she's just like, I'm just gonna have fun this season, like and fuck everyone else. I, when I was thinking as I was watching this this uh, this episode, um I was reminded of like I think it might have been like a John Ronson documentary where he like looked into those people who would like like by designer porn so they would kind of like literally be like they would they would the butterfly go and effect, is it? it it could have been that but anyway it was like about like people who'd be like i want to see this extremely specific thing so i'm going to like put, lay down the money to get some company to make it for me for my pleasure and i was like this is what rupaul is doing <laughs> he is like <laughs> <laughs> this is RuPaul's designer wow. porn <laughs> and I wonder do like Michelle Vassal did Michelle know she must have known I was trying to work out like I don't think T.S. Madison knew what was going well no because she was well, I suppose she was in it so they must have let her know I don't know I was trying to work out who else was in on the joke I feel like this was just like Rue like Rue went into the editing booth after hours and was like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah it was it was 
was pretty pretty mortifying also how did you think Rue did as a director um I don't know I don't know like <laughs> like I get okay so I guess she, like Rue was very successful in that like like he was able to like hide the punchline from everyone but still direct them to like make the punchline work like sort of you know sort of edge them towards like leaving long pauses you know for some you know sound (laughs) effects to be spliced in um yeah I don't know but it must be so intimidating though to have Rue there right like even compared to like a Michelle or a Carson, like, I don't know, the pressure must be on for the Queens in those moments. Yeah, completely. And especially like, cause Rue, I was trying to think like, Rue hasn't really been involved in that side of the challenges for a while. Like, I think he, he kind of doesn't normally do the directing or, or that, like, obviously he just was like, oh, this is my baby. I'm, I've like, I've, I found this concept of like inserting like a flatulent soap opera and I am going to like make it happen. Because you don't normally see Rue doing that. It's usually Ross or Michelle or, or, mm. or one of those. As far as I'm aware, I think Rue actually does attend the run troupe, but he sits in the black, like in, in incognito. Mm-hmm. So I think he does go, but yeah, he doesn't tend to tend to uh, uh, direct. And when I first did it, I was when he first announced that he was going to be the director, I was like, maybe it's because this has been the third acting challenge so far this season that they're like, <laughs> we need to spice it up. Let's get yeah. Rue behind the chair. But now that you describe it that way, Simone, it's like, wow, this is actually really displaying him for being a gross master manipulator. <laughs> <laughs> he managed to just like well. reward them for give, putting pauses into things. And yeah, I don't know. It was all it was all very strange. Who actually like farts aside who do you think actually did a good job in the challenge it was pretty strong across the board I mean I I think it's interesting that um you know there it was like I don't know am I jumping ahead like that there there were so many you know top placements because mm-hmm. I think it, I think it was deserved like I you know it, it's like well I really loved um Lady Camden I think like yeah I think the praise was so deserved it was like really funny and soap opera-y but then also oddly like really grounded and I was like oh I could see this performance on an actual soap opera yeah I was I was really impressed and I was so um also happy to see Georges turn it out Mm -hmm. and like see her grow in confidence and like kind of see her redeem herself from her previous performances um yeah, and then I'm just obsessed with Willow, uh, you know, along with the rest of the world. Like, completely. I completely. would, ju- I, you know, I would just watch a show of just yes, Willow, absolutely. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that probably this, my tops. Yeah, this week there was like a lot of room for queens who maybe have been kind of scraping by to really shine. Like I think that Jasmine did a really good job. I think that Kerry, even though maybe she hasn't like managed to find her power within the competition to the extent that she expected to, like I think she was really solid this week. Lady Camden, though, for me, I think was the the, the like the standout. I did really enjoy the Bosco Reba McIntyre, and like Reba mm-hmm. McIntyre over in this side of the world is really just someone who we've like picked up on through like secondhand memes and like mm-hmm. TikTok videos. We don't really know who she is, but like you know, I enjoyed seeing that thin lip. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. For me, it was like. <laughs> I, I was seeing more Miranda Hobbs in it, really, but that's, I guess, more what I'm being consuming. <laughs> and just like that, fart. <laughs> uh, can we talk? Let's jump back a bit and talk about the quote-unquote mirror moments this in this week's episode, because it wasn't actually really much about emotions. It was kind of talking about the Folsom Street Fair, which, you know, is... An, I think it was an interesting and I and I was happy with that choice if we're moving away from the personal stories each week because we kind of know what we're expecting. So if they're taking this moment to highlight pockets of like queer celebration and queer events across America that not everyone might know about, I think that would be a really interesting direction for them to go in. 
So I think that this week they kind of fluked into, production kind of fluked into maybe two or three really authentic moments. Like I think that the the decision to have an all tops thing was just that the queens really surpassed themselves. I don't think that that was written in by the producers. I think that this talk about kink of pride came from the fact that it was chaps on the runway and therefore people were talking about the leather, bear, whatever thing. And then I think with the, the, the untucked moment with Jasmine as well, it was just really authentic and like kind of unexpected. I was so happy that they had this conversation about kink of pride because I think it's it's a really important one to have as kind of general pride uh, events become a bit more sanitized for a more corporate family friendly image to know that like this highly sexualized kink part of of our community has been has been an enormous part of what's moved us forward. And so, like, you know, it's important that it's still celebrated and still welcomed and still understood as part of our community rather than being sort of as looked down on as it can be in, in more general pride celebrations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciated that moment. It felt it felt like it harkened back a little bit to like Sasha Velour's like little queer history mm-hmm. moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And I thought, you know, it's interesting, too, that they're talking about it like on RuPaul's Drag Race, which was like its own, like, you know, very commercialized, you know, thing. Um, So to, I don't know, to take some time to like appreciate, uh, you know, as Bosco put it, like the grittier spaces. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think think that was like, I I would love to see more of that. Um, Hopefully they do more of that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it like the audience now of Drag Race is so like it's it's so divided between like obviously it's it's hugely popular within the queer community and within people who would be like queer allies and aware of of queer history and and that, but it also plays to an enormous amount of like straight people and using it as a, as a way to reflect out to them parts of queer life that they may not be as familiar with. I think is 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 only going to broaden minds. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm. I'm torn when you say that the the production chanced upon it because it actually did feel like it naturally came up. Like I don't remember the last time pre-runway that people have been like the category, like we us finding out the category on the runway before the actual runway. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, but also they could have taken it out. Like if they if they didn't know, like if once they got that in the can, they were obviously like we're happy with that, and they didn't go, okay, Jasmine, uh, tell us about your dad. Like you know, so it's hard to know between the two. I personally think. The all top situation was because they it was either going to be this or a double chante. So they said, mm-hmm. right, we need to make up for cornbread. We've got a song we're doing next week, which has nine parts on it. Let's, uh, you know, let's keep, <laughs> let's keep everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, then there was the little bit about Maddie's letter. That's a new thing as well. We haven't seen like them pull up a letter from someone who has gone and read that out as well. There was there was those new things in this episode, which I appreciated. Sorry, I don't actually remember <laughs> Maddie's letter. I remember the, re- the reference to Maddie's letter. I, I think I might have like missed a beat of what it was that they said. I think was that just put in to like tie up the Jasmine Maddie. I think so. Sort of, oh. kind of, like, it was just... really short. It was like, oh, girl, you better show me the big apple. No hard feelings. Like, oh, yes. yes. Okay. I do remember that. Oh, damn. Sorry, Maddie. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like about to pretend like that I remembered, but I'm, yeah. Don't worry. We're not RuPaul. We're not going to make you pretend to. <laughs> <laughs> just something that yeah. you're not feeling it's okay we, we'll, we'll put a fart into that pause it's fine <laughs> <laughs> right let's get on to the runway as we said chaps was the category willow was up first with her big latex black wedgie with the big blonde ponytails on the hands doing the kind of the, i don't know what you call that movement uh this is you know i thought this is one of my favorites if not my favorite yeah. i know my second favorite on the runway yeah, I loved. I loved. I like took me a second to figure out like the physics of the outfit. I had to like stare <laughs> at it really hard for a really long time. Oh my god, but like her mind, like I don't know, I'm just so I'm like so consistently impressed by how, like her creativity and yeah, uh it was so good. She she looked phenomenal. She always looks phenomenal. Like her 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 looks are, are so conceptual and so well put together and thought out. Like she is, like she, you just you do you just want to get inside her mind and be like, where where can this take you? Like it it is astonishing. I think it's one of my favorite things I've seen on the the the, the drag race runway for a really long um for a really long time. What did yeah. you think of Michelle's repeated critique that there was too much Moira Rose in the performance? 
I heard that, but it didn't bother me. Mm. It didn't bother me either. Like, yeah, it was similar, but it's such a short part, and it's not like anyone else there was reinventing the the mm-hmm. caricature wheel either. So, I don't. It seemed yeah. to just affect Michelle, and she brought it up a lot. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it. I think until after she pointed it out, and then I was like, "Oh yeah," but I yeah, I don't know. It's also just like general soapy like drama. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. Yeah. I, I felt odd to me that she was fixated on that. I, I think, was it like two weeks ago or so, Rue as well was being like, hey, it's not that difficult. If you see someone do something well, just copy it. Like, like wasn't that literally feedback given to a contestant You don't need to reinvent ago? the wheel. The wheel's perfectly yeah, exactly. good as it is. Just yeah. choose a wheel. And Moira Rose's wheel is really good. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting to hear Michelle go, she could be a good Snatch Game character for you. So I wonder... I wonder will that manifest itself, you know, the way. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, next up was Bosco, who gave us pink studded long, uh, pink studded chaps with this long, really bl- blonde hair. It gave me 2002 Christina Aguilera. 100%. Yes. It was, it was, again, one of my favorite things I've seen Bosco in. Yeah, it was so, this was such a good runway category. Like, Chaps was a really smart way to go. Like, yeah. Because, like, the interpretations are so interesting. Yeah, it was so Christina, like, a little bit like Shakira, like, whenever, mm. wherever. Like, even a little bit like Gwen Stefani-ish. Mm. Like, I don't know, it was yeah. like like Y2K, like, pink <laughs> bubblegum fantasy. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I was obsessed. She looked amazing, yeah. Yeah, no, she really did. I I loved the color. I thought like, yeah, she just like looked fantastic. And that Christina reference to me just like was so strong in us. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deja Sky was next in her blue, blue, blue cheetah <laughs> with orange hair. This is actually my favorite thing I've seen Deja in. I thought the way she sculpted the curves on her body was great. Uh, I just think she really served on the runway. Compared to some of the others, it did seem, I don't know, more of a affordable fabric, so to say. But if we're comparing her to herself, I think this is one of the best she's she's done. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, she's, you know, I I really like Deja's looks, actually. Like, I think she all, like she knows her body really well. Like, she's always, like, really great with her proportions. I think maybe her colors are sometimes a little mm-hmm. bizarre. And this one, like, the blue and the orange worked really nicely. It was, like... A little Flintstonesy, I thought. Um, yeah, she looked really great, but I agree. In comparison, there was just something missing, or there was like a hint of, um, I don't know, like it, maybe it was more expected, like a more expected interpretation of chaps compared to the yeah. other looks. Maybe that's what it was. I, I think yeah. that I, we've we've seen queens do kind of versions of this a couple of times on the runway. I think that's it. I, I think that this is the best she's looked. It's great to see her body because the one thing for me with her is that she has always been very covered in like a lot of fabric and it's been like very billowy and and kind of that kind of, she obviously goes for that kind of Grecian look. And I loved seeing her curves and seeing how she had like built her body. And I, it, like, yeah, I think that this was a great direction for her to go, but maybe it wasn't as elevated as what we saw from some of the other queens. Mm, it definitely lacked in terms of concept. It was pretty much sort of straight up chaps, which is fine. But then normally if you're doing that, you kind of have to put a sort of editorial or fashion like kind of lens on it so this was kind of just kind of straight up chaps it was almost like it was for a blue category or something like that rather than chaps but mm-hmm. like i said i thought she looked very good i think my top boot of the week what came from carrie colby with Ooh. this like it wasn't chaps it was just hair and like i'd written down <sighs> yeah. chewbacca before rupaul said it because that's really what it was it was just i know it also three bend like creme did a sort of like look made out of wigs and we've seen like in canada anastasia and aqua do one mm-hmm. as well but i was like this isn't chaps she just put hair on her body because there wasn't actually anything on her back it, it, was, it was just her in a pong well and i also think like all the hair like covered up the best part of chaps which was like yeah, like we gotta see your ass. Like your ass is out. We gotta see it. <laughs> I, like the bra- like, I'm like oh, okay. Obviously, I feel like anytime you talk about Carrie, you have to talk about how gorgeous she is. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like she mm-hmm. looked stunning. But I don't know. There's something 
with her looks like there's always something that's like a little bit off and I feel like the con like I don't know I think she was going for a concept but it didn't quite fit with the theme because like yeah the chaps of it all was like not really reading the hat didn't she do a hat like this she before? did she had, she had a, a, a was it a, did the hat have like a top on it again or was it like another it was like just it a was rim. like a visor yeah. <laughs> it's like a, yeah like a fryer tuck <laughs> um yeah it just it wasn't adding up for me even though she's beautiful I love her. It, it, it's interesting because in untucked then she speaks about how like she's been a bit shocked but in this competition that she hasn't maybe been as fierce and she's like having this reckoning with the fact that maybe she is benefiting to a degree in her like everyday life from pretty privilege and it's like it's, mm -hmm. it's just like that's a super like interesting thing to see a person talk about because she's like oh like in my everyday life I'm so beautiful that everyone is like wow you're beautiful you're stunning but here I can't get by on that to the same extent um but this look as well I, I think it read very much of someone who's like oh I don't want to be predictable so I'm going to do something really out of the box and then just grabbing a random idea and doing it, not thinking like, is that going to look horrible and massive and like really just sort of like as if it would like catch in your throat? I, I don't know. I didn't like this look at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. it. I think she's used to just sticking things on her and because she's like a sample size and she's so gorgeous that she's just like, I look great. I can go out and you know, in just a belt and I'll be fine. I did love <laughs> the long blonde braids she had though. That was, I, yeah, that I, was, really, I wish she built look around that even if it was more like basketball wives or something like that I think could have been really fun but no the hair I don't know uh Georges was up this also didn't read as chaps to me this was like a Agreed. lace black negligee with a bejeweled silvery bra yeah it was not chaps sorry George <laughs> <No>. yeah <laughs> even though she again like she looked amazing like she looked great even though the like stocking things were cutting her off in like the really awkward place, I thought. Uh, yes. Like somehow she like she still like transcended that and like looked great. <laughs> um but yeah, I agree. Like I don't think it fit the the brief. No. And I do like you're right, the 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 fact that it looked like tights that weren't fully pulled up was very distracting. Like it looked like she was mm. out there on the runway and she had like not quite managed to to like get her tights pulled up in time yeah which she knew she like acknowledged it and yeah. I was like, yeah, it was I it was like, that, yeah like those pants like we were talking about y2k like the really low-rise jeans you might wear with like a like a crop top or a belly top or something and like your abs are out and like it's it's i think as yara sophia said it's like pussy low the, the pants it was like with that <laughs> but with tights and it just didn't yeah, work yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The but hair like, was great, though. The beat was oh, so good. so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Angeria was up next with her gold bell-bottom disco Mickey Mouse look. <laughs> this, this is, I think, the my least favorite of what I've seen from Angeria, which is, I'd say it was frustrating for her because this is her worst performance in a maxi challenge, and then she also has to go out with the, her weakest look yet. I'd say... Well, she was. She was. She had to get that she was going to be in the lip sync. Um, and she probably would have been if they hadn't been safe. But she still looks good. Like, I think she she always delivers what she's wearing with such, like, poise and presence. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say Mickey Mouse. I wrote down Mickey Mouse Elite Collection. Because oh. it felt very, like, <laughs> like Disney goes to Fashion Week. <laughs> <laughs> but they were oh, inexplicable. Yeah. Those uh, just lumps on her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe not her best look but it still worked for me like the like the disco the you know gold shimmery like it was very effective i thought still yeah i think if this is going to be the the worst thing she serves on the runway and, and like potentially it is it still is like probably better than what a lot of people's even best looks have been in past seasons um but yeah it, it definitely wasn't a strong night for her look wise and obviously in the challenge she struggled so you know we could have had it I, I I would have quite liked to see Angeria lip sync though so you know I'd like to see I, I imagine she's a powerful performer so I'd have been okay if they had like had a bottom two and she was in <laughs> I don't think she'd have been going anywhere Jasmine Kennedy was up next with her blue and yellow neon graduation class of 2020 it's it was an interesting concept. I don't know if it really worked for me. 
I oh, I kind of hated this one, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> there were elements that I liked. I kind I really liked the graduation gown cape situation. I thought that was like a really creative interpretation. But something again about like where the chaps cut her off, like and the mesh, and then the also the neon colors, and the giant hat, like the, like I think the proportions of the things were off. I don't know. I saw the vision. I saw what she was going for. I wasn't in love with the execution. Uh, but she sold it. So yeah, <laughs> for that she really <laughs> sold it. I I couldn't quite understand the story. Like as in kind of this sort of how the chaps related to graduation. I was like, I wasn't understanding where that link was. Um, and that that confused me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Similar to the hair, like the hair and the chaps connection. The yes, grad yeah. Chaps thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. A concept alone is not enough. No. Like it has, no. <laughs> it has to connect in some way. Yeah. It actually did sort of feel retrospectively that she was, It was, maybe it was a thing of like, oh, I don't know, maybe my look's a bit simple. Let me put on a four-cornered hat and then I could say it's graduation and that might elevate it. That's actually, look, thinking about it now, that actually could have been what happened retrospectively because mm-hmm. it was kind of simple up to that. I mean, it was still simple with that. Uh, Simone, now, can you tell me your reaction watching Lady Camden on the runway this week? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. I thought I I like my heart dropped when she fell because I I totally bought into it. I was like, oh, this is like one of the worst drag race runway like moments ever. Like shit. Like after this awesome performance, like I was really I was really devastated. And so then when she popped back up with the Oh, and she acted it out so great. I mean she was like grabbing at her face. Like I fully I fully bought into the whole performance and then to pop back up with the mustache and that like you know that like evil Knievel like bodysuit moment like Freddie Mercury moment like oh my god I like a full like 180 then back to like just like pure joy and like ah like yeah (laughs) it was so good yeah me too there was I was watching on my own but there was full on (gasps) like (laughs) Yeah, she committed to that fall. Like that is so important. Oh, oh my that was God. so good. It was. It yeah. was such. I, like you're right. Like I. I was watching. It, I was like, oh my God. Like she was on track to win this episode, and this is going to be like a, a sort of a, such a hard thing to watch. And then she like sprang back up and had this absolutely phenomenal Freddie Mercury monochrome. Oh, Bohemian mm-hmm. Chapsody, as Ross said. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah. And I've been kind of hoping someone would do Freddie Mercury. Like, I know we had, like, Cherry Valentine give us a, a Freddie Mercury from I Want to Break Free, but I was kind of hoping for maybe an, another one, maybe in a Snatch Game or something. But this was just so perfect. The energy was there, the high kicks. Like, the danceability mm-hmm. came out in this and the lip sync. Oh, mm-hmm. it was, like... It made, made Camden go from, like, meh for me to, like, I'm so excited to see what she can do now. She's really, like, shown me what sort of how her creative mind that she has in there and how well she can execute it so loved this totally totally i wrote down androgynous sex sprite because yes. it was just there like there we go <laughs> and i'm also like i'm really happy to see like a lot more like androgyny play and like gender play on drag race like i you know like i know what you know mo on um uh, uk, UK versus, versus the world and the like uh the butch queen moment was so exciting and then to see lady camden do this so i'm i'm also hoping for more of this kind of like androgyny play absolutely finally then was diabetty with her white and black power suit uh with sort of kind of stockings when she turned around and the, the diagonal hat uh this is i think the furthest away from crystal method she's looked and i think it worked for her yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. 
Um, nobody said CEO, which I thought was the obvious <laughs> joke to make. So I don't know who missed that memo. But... I I did live for Rue's Romeo and Michelle High School reunion businesswoman special reference like that. That has a spe- like that film has a special place in my heart. I was like, oh, good for you, Daya. I, I would say Daya is one queen in the competition, and I think it's because maybe she's being shown to be sort of quite needy for a win that I'm like not necessarily warming to so much. So I, she's the one, the only one that I'm like even slightly rooting against. Um, mm. But she she looked gorgeous, but I was definitely more critical of her when I was watching, looking for things I didn't like instead of things I loved. Sure, but that was sure. honest of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you know, the, the, the gag is revealed about the six that are in the top. I think, I actually think the judging on this was spun out of what I thought because I think Deja, Carey and Angeria were clearly in the bottom. Uh, Deja and Angeria mm-hmm. because of the challenge, Carey because of the runway. I would have figured in another parallel universe we would have got a Carey and Deja bottom two lip sync maybe. I'm mm-hmm. not sure who would have won that. Um, then they go back to Untucked and in Untucked we get this gorgeous moment from Jasmine Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I like really uh, wept um, and mm-hmm. like quite hard. Like it was very, I don't know. The thing, obviously, like I don't know. It's it was interesting to watch one because even before Jasmine said anything, it was clear she was about to reveal something like extremely raw. And like she was in that moment trying to decide whether she even wanted to share this. And like, I I, I don't know, <laughs> like I, I was a little bit um, nervous about the ethics of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, I yeah. don't know, I just uh, that was sort of in the back of my mind as as beautiful as the moment was like, it's not lost on me that it's for reality TV cameras and that there are people producing this thing. And that she is making this decision with cameras on her. But, you know, she does decide to, you know, share the fact that she's trans and like turns to Carrie and is like watching you and like watching your confidence and watching you just like, you know, be yourself has been has helped me realize that that is what I want from my life. And that for me was like so touching and it just affirms this idea of, you know, this like almost like spiritual thing of like you just being yourself is enough and mm-hmm. is like a gift to the world and is like affecting other people in the world, too, for the better. And to see that play out like so explicitly. Yeah, it was just uh, I don't know. I was like really taken aback by how <laughs> touched I was by this reality TV moment. Yeah, I, I found as well because because I had a, a similar feeling because uh, around what you're saying about like this like unease with the fact that it's being revealed in this format and in this context and perhaps at a really vulnerable raw moment, a, a decision was made to put something on a national platform that that kind of might be more personal. But and the fact that they'd made the decision prior to coming into the competition that they, this was a thing they were planning to do, but they they were going to wait until after Drag Race to, to start dealing with it. But then also within that, I think that for the show, which has got it, which which makes its representation and speaks to the, the representation of queer people and queer performers and how important it is, it like really, again, proves that point about how important it is to show a diverse range of people as part of the, the, the cast, because there's a direct example of a trans contestant being cast on the show sort of showing a person who is struggling with their gender identity how it is possible for them to be their most authentic self like literally in that Mm -hmm. that thing and it's like that's what people have been saying has been needed from the show for years and I think so it was a really beautiful moment but not without it's kind of like slight red flag um in the corner Yeah, because I had seen on Twitter before I watched Untucked that Jasmine had written a sort of notes app speech and shared a photo of her having, you know, in the process of going through HRT and that she was identifying as a trans woman. And so I I kind of didn't have as much of an issue with that because I was like, well, maybe the, the producers checked in with her and, and she's decided to go along this path anyway. What I found a bit weird was 
I don't know. Is is that a question you can ask a room of people? Has anyone here thought about transitioning? Like that to me yeah. feels like something that you don't ask. You let someone bring up. Yeah, that was the part for me. I was wondering, like, did production prompt Deja to ask that question? It had a little bit of that vibe to me which if that is the case I feel like that is kind of fucked up like yeah I don't know especially if you're aware that like you know somebody is like still questioning like where they fall and like what they want to share to then sort of yeah. prompt that question feels a little um unethical to me <laughs> and especially when um, it's like oh well look t.s madison she's trans anyone here want to transition like it just felt a bit jarring yeah transition. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, see, I i had my reading on it was that that question was asked as a prompt but more to allow bosco share what they were going to talk about how about mm-hmm. being a non-binary person and 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 how like they wanted to move into a more kind of feminine space and i think i felt as if Jasmine's revelation kind of came out as a result of that, like almost sort of like, not accidentally, but sort of like it wasn't an intentional part of that. It just, it sort of happened because it felt so authentic and so real. And you can kind of see the difference Mm -hmm. between the, like the planted answers and then the ones that feel really just like authentic. Mm. Yeah, Mm. true. Uh, I thought Bosco's speech was like, Bosco is so articulate. It really captures the essence of, of just what they're saying so well like I thought what when we were talking about King Pride I think they had a really great line I didn't write it down but kind of like it's important to keep uh, keep a safe space for these you know things that are unfamily friendly I can't remember the actual phrasing and even the, how they described like yeah I'm on Barney but I kind of want to tilt it just a bit more towards the feminine and just I think they really let you in because obviously they they had processed where they were in their transition and their gender identity more than Jasmine had at that moment but yeah, they really like they're going to be such a good spokesperson, I think, for the queer community with the platform that they get from this show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, the the there's the top six. Um. So George's and Jasmine are the first two safe. Then I actually would have put Diabetti in the like fourth position overall this episode. So I was surprised she was in the top two. I thought it was going to be a Willow and Camden top two personally. Oh, interesting. I could have seen that too. I I don't know. I, I felt the Daya thing coming because I feel like production has been pushing that storyline so hard. Um, but I was like, and obviously I was like, Lady Camden has got to yeah. be the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I felt that going into it, Lady Camden was going to be the winner sort of regardless. And it, it was probably just like pushing dia in there to give like a payoff to that storyline um and i think with willow they probably wanted to try and like remind us of like oh there's a lack of originality which is why probably got the moira rose quote a couple of times to kind of say this is why that this person isn't winning or isn't going to be in the the, the top two which i think is like mm. yeah like the editor has been like let's try and make willow look on original but what are the interesting concepts we've ever seen <laughs> yeah. on the show <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, the lip sync song was One Way or Another by Blondie and as soon as I heard that it was when we Blondie song I was like Lady Camden has this like dress as Freddie Mercury like the essence of like that 80s new wave performance like what a performance she did she was so good she turned it for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so fun I mean, to watch so fun I, and like had the kind of dance ability and then also the camp ability like it was just it was such an entertaining lip sync start to finish Daya did good but like in my mind that you know why didn't she take the hat off maybe it was pinned in (laughs) she could have unpinned it backstage (laughs) maybe she didn't think she was lip syncing I guess but that's what I was like I was like I can't see your face girl like you know take that thing off your head (laughs) Uh, yeah and also like air guitar that's i mean that's that's a, that, that for you that is a mark. sign of death of a lip sync is when yeah. someone starts pulls it whips out the air guitar, air guitar. like <laughs> blondie or not i just don't think you should do it so i was disappointed by her lip sync skills i'm glad she got her top lacing but yeah camden mm. really romped home this episode mm-hmm. yeah. um, that mustache reveal too the double mustache yeah, yeah true yeah like yeah 
Just great. Right. That's all. Yeah. Just, just make sure, no, just wanted to make sure we mention it. <laughs> get that for the record. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it Do was really that? good because I, I think that the mustache was such an important part of the look. And then like, I was thinking like when pulling it off, I was like, oh, it'll be less interesting but you don't have the the actual mustache on there. So like having it like on, so you can still see the lips and the lip sync. It was very clever. It shows like someone who's obviously a performer that understands what they need to do to give a great performance. Simone, thank you so much for joining us. Tell people about Not Past It. Um, yeah, so you can listen to Not Past It. It is a history show we tell this week in history style stories, uh, but we take the word history pretty liberally. So we explore uh, pop culture, stories from the past, Actually, maybe for this audience, we recently did an episode about a drag king party in New York City from back in the 90s. Um, And you can find us on Spotify. And we put out new episodes every Wednesday. Yeah, the the drag king episode was one of those episodes that I kind of like just pined to be in that time and place mm-hmm. like it yeah, just like right? it captured the that bar so well and then okay you hear you know that it's illegal to dance and stuff and you're like okay well maybe it, that wasn't that fun but you're still <laughs> like i'd love just to like go there for a night like it sounded so fun i know 90s new york really does seem like it was the place to be, mm-hmm. the place to yeah. be. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually felt a bit of prosper for the season after this episode. Yes, I yeah, I, I would agree. I think that um, it, it is an episode that definitely felt very authentic to me, um, which I think that we haven't... We don't often see episodes of Drag Race that are, like, that, that you can't really feel the production fingerprints on. And this one, there was lots of places in it where I just felt like, as a result of how the Queen's we're behaving or we're talking or we're acting it just led how the the episode ended up airing and i i, I really enjoyed that before we go you can head over to our instagram at that pod james makes wonderful artwork up there i try my hand at some reels and if you're on tiktok i started a tiktok uh, where i just use the same reels from the that pod page but i'm gonna try come up with my own but that's Keen Sullivan on TikTok mm-hmm. if you'd like to support me. Get there. the same content in a different place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so good, you need to subscribe to it twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, right, that's all for us. We'll chat to you soon. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.